free Bootas Network. Hi, it's Devin Track with the Free Bootas Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of 40K Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is JF. Hello, Matt. And Ashley. Hey, guys. And today we're going to be talking to Rich Boylan, who made some awesome Hell's Reach animations, which you can currently find on YouTube. But first, as always, we'd like to talk to you about what we've been doing lately in the GW hobby. So today I'm going to start with Ashley. Oh, guys, I don't have tons to report. I've been piddling around with more Tyranids, but for the most part, it's just been exams, I gotta say. So, Lots of studying? Yeah, you know, it eats up like six hours of my day, and I work, so it's like all my day. It's it's terrible, but it'll be over in December, and then I'll live. I'll live a real life again with hobbies and fun things and extracurricular activities. Have you been able to at least just like hang out at your hobby store and see any games being played or is the community still good over there for, for eighth edition? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I haven't been, I haven't been doing too much playing myself, but I've been in and out, you know, looking at more Tyranids, but it's been, it's been a very strong response. The Fridays have been pretty busy, um, which comparative before they really weren't. So it's pretty hopping. Excellent. So, how big is your high fleet grown? I have more gene stealers now than I used to. I'm really, I'm really digging the gene stealers, but I think where it's at is going to be the gargoyles. You're shooting for what was it, sixty, ninety? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, try, I'm gonna shoot for fifty, and we'll see how sixty makes me feel once we, once we get up to that point. But I still have quite a f- I still have quite a few to assemble. Awesome, JF. What have you been up to? Well, something came to me in a dream—a voice that told me that I should uh, I should abandon the flesh in favor of joining a greater power and uh, and basically assembling myself in, in the greater collective of the hive mind. So I've been I've been fighting uh, for the Terranids in uh, the fate of Konar, and uh, it's been uh, violent. In good times. So I've been assembling some Tyranids. I've been trying to follow, to a certain degree, loosely, the uh, week-by-week uh, requests or demands or requisition for different uh, unit types and that kind of stuff. Of course, we're only at week one, so it's basically pick something out of a starter box and build and paint and finish it. And I, I had a spare flying hive tyrant, as anybody that played 7th edition Tyranids would have. <laughs> Uh, just a spare, just one. I just well, I already had one, so this, that was a spare because it was a second one. Um, and I I paint, built and painted and finished it to uh, to play a two thousand point well, nineteen hundred ninety nine point game against my brother, uh, who was playing a mix of Slanesh and Nurgle, demons. Interesting. It was exciting. Yeah, how, how did, did it they go? Fare? It took forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it took a long time, mostly because the um, we both had just an, an insane amount of models on the table. I came in with 60 Gaunts and 12 Gene Steelers and just a whole bunch of stuff. Like a lot of different units and all of them with a lot of models in them. So movement took a while. He had just gobs of Daemonette and a unit of 21 Seekers and just <laughs> a lot of freaking models. And for some reason, I don't, I don't mean to throw shade on, my, shade on my brother. I know he listens to the show, but he, he, was, moving, he was moving his units at first at least like – the, the the positioning of them was in a space very specific sacred com, uh, configuration and he couldn't mess up how they were placed by a single millimeter <laughs> or else i don't know the corn would show up and punish him obviously so no, no but he, he's feels very meticulous shall we say so um and he hasn't played many swarm armies so i i think he needs to get into the, the rhythm of moving this stuff fast and he got into it it was it was a fun game um very a lot of ups, ups and downs which is how i like my games except i got really discouraged when his keeper secret charged and one shot my new hive tyrant so that was super depressing by the way don't get in close combat with a keeper of secrets they hurt um, but at, at, in the end, I, I was set up as a defender for the scenario and, um, I, I, ma- I managed to, I don't want to say kick his ass because that was not an ass kicking a few more rounds and I think he would have tabled me, but I, I ended up having the most points at the end and it was cool. I tried a lot of subterranean attacks with Raveners and a Trigon and, oh, the new Trigon rules are so much fun that they can bring a unit, uh, except all the charges from that failed <laughs> so oh, i had yeah. a lot of units just sitting there in the open <laughs> <laughs> and yeah no it was it was a fun game lots of ups and downs it just lasted a lot of hours and right now i i, I sorry I'm, I'm rambling some more but might as well put this out there i also uh, i'm already preparing for elite week this weekend so we have another game planned and i'm uh, i'm going to be fielding a hair specs that i need to go finish airbrushing once we're done talking and I've also uh, I've also decided to get myself some decent zoanthropes uh, for Psychic Week in a f- in a while. And I'll be skipping Vehicle Week for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Well, a Carnifex is kind of like a vehicle. Don't think it counts. I mean, I vehicle could. Vehicle sized, right? <sighs> yeah. It counts. Yes. But it says vehicle, so I'm assuming it needs a keyword. So I I could have a Goliath, I guess, but that would be weird. Not if it's filled with gene stealers. I yeah, it would be like the only vehicle in yeah. my army. It's like that would be weird. It would be weird because it's it really feels like you're going into an island infested but with cats, but they're driving cars. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it, it, I'll I'll have Goliaths when I have my gene stealers, my gene stealer cult, and I'll have my gene stealer cult eventually because, as you all know, there is no greater purpose than to abandon your biomass and sacrifice it to the greater cause of the hive mind. I think that's what we're all headed towards. It, there, there's no choice. You'll never be lonely if you're part of a, of a genetic co- collective. How about you, Matt? What have you been doing? Have you been abandoning your individuality? Well, not in this game anyway. Okay. Oh, <laughs> do you work retail? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, my local hobby store had a sort of beginner's tournament over the weekend. Um, 
1500 you, points you, you shaved you dressed up as a kid walked on your knees yeah, and pretended yeah. you pretended you were a beginner it's like oh i'm new at this and just <laughs> won all your games no no this was um it's a newer hobby store and they're just trying to get a 40k community going there actually was only four of us that played and the only i showed up because i woke up looked at their facebook page and saw there was a tournament that day so um, but it was just a very friendly, you know, playing playing some games. We only did two rounds. But it was a lot of fun. I took a, a quick Space Marine list. I didn't know that we weren't using the new Space Marine Codex until I got there, and it was just the indexes. So that mm. threw off my army a little bit, but I still had fun. Uh, those are the only two new games I've played. I did decide that I'm going to Gen Con this year, which nice. is coming up in a couple weeks. And I signed up for the... 40k tournament there i figured i'd give that a go it's an itc tournament but i figured what the hell um and again i was not aware that it was not the new space marine codex they're doing just indexes there too so i think i'm going with a death watch army that i now have to paint in the next couple weeks hmm. that'll be fun right yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm not really looking to crush anybody or anything. I just want to have play some more 40k. So I'm just looking to have fun. Um, it did bring up an interesting question for myself that I thought I'd post to you guys though. Is so they were saying, oh well, we're not going to use the Space Marine Codex because it's new and it's the only codex so far. But where is that cutoff point though? You know what I mean? Like, is it after there's half the armies have codexes, three quarters of them have codexes? Hmm. If you were running a tournament, at what point would you say, oh, we're going to use codexes now? I think it's based more on the time elapsed than it would be the uh, the, the, the number of codexes released. I'd... Yeah, I think if you have a codex, you should be able to use the codex, and that should be that. Yeah, you give it like you give it like they used to do before. Like you give it a month or two for people to, you know, have time that have a specific army to have time to purchase and learn how to play the new codex. But I, I wouldn't wait for all of them to be released because I don't know. Guessing the release schedule of Games Workshop is easier now, but I wouldn't necessarily call it, a, you know, a simple task yet. Yeah, I just I was wanted to because I bought two boxes of the uh, the aggressors, those new Space Marine Primaris guys. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to use those, but I can't use those anymore. So, But I'll get over it. I just, like I said, I just want to have some fun and play some more games of 40K. And Gen Con is pretty much sold out this year, so it's going to be um, a good distraction from having to try and shuffle through the massive people in the dealer hall. Yeah, I've I've really wanted to go the last couple of years, but I just don't know if that sheer number of people is really for me. Usually what we do, or what I plan to do anyway, is I will... The tournament's on Thursday, so I'll do that. Friday, I'll go into the dealer hall, but Saturday, which is the busiest day, I will not go in there. I will just hang out and play games or do something else in town. That seems like a solid plan. So speaking of codexes, we actually are getting, uh, the week this is recording, two codexes are going up for pre-order. We've got the Grey Knights and the Chaos Space Marine Codex coming up this weekend. So they're definitely releasing the codexes at a rapid, rapid rate. 
Um, somebody was telling me they were theorizing that we're going to see, like the Space Marines had one is a big release with a lot of new kits. Then we'll get two codexes that don't really have a lot of new stuff because I think the only thing I've seen so far anyway is there's another Grey Knight character coming out. Mm-hmm. And Any, then, anything new for the for the Chaos Space Marines? Not that they've previewed yet. Yeah, not that we're aware of at this at this point. They've been doing sort of how they did the chapter articles for the Space Marine Codex. They're doing Legion articles for the Chaos Space Marine Codex on the Warhammer community site. But so the thought is, is that they'll do these two and then in a couple of weeks, they'll do another big release, which, as we know at this point, would be the Death Guard, because that's supposed to be the next yep. codex that comes out. So it looks like they are going to be getting out these codexes pretty rapidly, like they said. Um, any excitement in the areas you guys are in for either of those, the Grey Knights or the Chaos Space Marines? Grey Knights have never been super popular where I am, so they're not like a big draw. At least it doesn't sound like it. I, but I know I, a lot of people in the tournament scene who love them. Grey Knights have always had kind of a, a soft spot in my heart because I like low model count elite armies that have big models with a lot of bling, and the Grey Knights really fit that. And I wasn't going to give them a serious look. But then in the Warhammer community article, they mentioned that there's going to be an option for a an HQ with a Dread Knight. I saw that. Oh, opening the How door. How cool is that? It is very cool. But it opens the door to a an all Dread Knight army. I've made a bit of calculations. And just <laughs> judging for, like, with the numbers that we have now, um, you would need for a 1,500-point army Roughly six or seven Dread Knights. And I already have oh, one just, that I... just six or seven. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I have one, and I've already converted him in a very unique, special way. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be averse to converting another six of them and then just showing up with Dread Knights and being hated for it. And I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a winning list, though, because it's a lot of everything the same. Um, but yeah, that doesn't fun. really seem like it's going to be much of a a way to go in this edition with having everything be the same. But it will look no, awesome. No, no. Oh, absolutely. That's the thing. I think, like, I'm I'm willing to lose a lot of games if I can show up with a really, you know, cool, spiffy-looking army that's bizarre and strange. Like, I have a lot of ideas for very dumb, um, not necessarily spammy, but just weird compositions that use and abuse the new composition rules. Mm-hmm. Except the bad news is, like, I've been going back and forth with uh, one of the organizers for the for the 40K Friendly, uh, Brian, and he's told me that they're probably going to go, at least he thinks he thinks he's going to go with more standard composition. And uh, I'm not happy with that. So, I mean, I really want to, you know, gather a posse and force him, but no, 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 no one email him or anything. I'll I'll handle it. It always it disappoints me when they do things like that, especially for something like the friendly, which is just supposed to be, hey, let's have a good time. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if my well, if my good time involves me bringing Gasgol Thraka, a Stompa, and a bunch of Dreadnoughts, and you kicking my butt because I have like ten models. Yeah, that's my business. Yeah. I I completely agree, and I I like 
I mean, if if dozens of people were to email Brian and tell him, hey, Brian, you should do it this way and open the doors to a lot of things, because I understand his concerns. Like he he wants this is supposed to be the friendly and he wants people to bring non-competitive lists. And when you open the door to, to, to weird compositions, you also you know allow someone to show up with something dumb that's meant to win and, you know, basically injures and cripples the spirit of the event. But I think he's wrong and I want to bring my I want to bring my stupid lists. How do you really so, feel? <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's fine. Like I've 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 come up with alternates that are within the rules but still stupid. Um I'm really good at stupid guys. So I I'll I'll be fine as long as I know what the his final judgments on the rules are going to be. And, and in no way should people uh, try to sway his judgment by c- getting in contact with him on any kind of social media to tell him to, to uh, open <laughs> doors to really – no, I'm serious. Brian, Brian's a good friend, so I don't want people spanging him. Jeff, Jeff, the other org- organizer, however, I have a little less respect for because I don't know him as much. So Jeez. spam him. Let's not, let's not go crazy now. Well, I th- it'll be interesting to see with all the codexes as they come out that if it's like the Space Marine Codex, where your troops count have basically objective secured, that sort of counterbalances your crazy Dreadnought list because none of those guys are troops. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, and the thing is, like, most of the lists that you encounter are going to have stuff to wound heavy things like Dreadnoughts. Right. Uh, Dreadnoughts. Like, it's... So far, one of the things I've noticed, and I don't know what your experience has been, I will show up to, like, the four games I've played, I showed up to the game, and I would pass judgment over both my list and my opponent's list and think, oh, this is going to be the results because look at the balance of units. And I've always been wrong, not dramatically like, oh, I'm going to lose, and I turn out, it turns out I win, but I think I'm going to get tabled in, like, three turns, but it, I end up, like, losing by only one point. And if I had been smarter, I could have probably had a draw or won. So I think that the system as it is built is actually surprisingly balanced. Like I'm I'm sure there have been people that have managed to cheat by spamming certain things. I, I've, I've heard rumors of people showing up with a lot of storm ravens and, and you know, you know, cheating that way. But well, cheating, it's not cheating, but, you know, abusing the system that way. You meant cheesing. Cheesing. Yes. The yes, other. Cheating. Sure. Isn't cheesing cheating in Massachusetts? No, not Massachusetts. Wisconsin. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I'm, but I mean, I, I, I would like. I'm hoping that the next few months, uh, as as Brian and Jeff get to play and as they witness that our games going, they will uh, they will develop a trust and and a confidence in how the system is built to to that will allow them to open the door to some funky stuff. Because funky stuff is funky, yo. That's what I found interesting, too, looking at the Gen Con tournament, is they're using the ITC format, and they've already made some changes to the rules. You know, the game's been out for a month, and they're already changing stuff. Um, but That seems par for the course, yeah. in my experience. Yeah. I mean, we'll, like I said, I'm not worried about it. It'll be, I've never played an ITC, ITC tournament before, so we'll see how it goes with their mission. Like, the missions, you have to put objectives in specific areas, There's so that sort of cuts it on the time and makes it evenly deployed the objective so it's interesting but speaking of a uh, storm raven spam how about how <clears throat> how on top of things gw are 
So they had the ATC, the American Team Championships, and the winning lists were all that. It was a bunch of Storm Ravens, and then they had like minimum troops in just five-man scout squads. And then GW released their update to the rules saying, oh, well, actually, yeah, if you have nothing but flyers left, you lose. Because they can't, there's no boots on the ground, as they called it. It's interesting. Um, I mean, I think it's a it's a good way to, to cut down on the spam, but at the same time, that kind of gives your an opponent an advantage to sort of take take advantage of you in that way. So they could concentrate on cutting your troops down and just ignore your flyers, and then you lose, and that's not going to be fun. Yeah, but if you're, I mean, I think, you know, it seems like, and it was totally legal at the, at the time, but six Storm Ravens, which are already harder to hit and can lay down a lot of firepower, and then just taking a couple of troop squads because they knew people probably wouldn't be prepared for that. You know what I mean? Like, you can still take one or two Storm Ravens and still do well, but... Sure, sure. I'm just curious how yeah. it's going to work out in practice is all. Well, what's what's interesting isn't necessarily just how, the rule that they applied, but like Matt was saying, like the speed at which they did apply it. So if it's discovered in the next few months that this fix doesn't work or that there's something else, we can feel somewhat confident that they will address it again. So and that is significantly different from how Games Workshop has handled rules in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when there was no such thing as an FAQ, really, and. Well, we, we would see FAQs about as frequently as we would see codexes. It was true, true. Very rare. And a lot of people uh, were sort of complaining because the new Space Marine Codex doesn't have things like a librarian on a bike or a chaplain on a bike. But you got to remember that the codex only overwrites the index for mo- units that are in the codex. Mm-hmm. So you can still still take your chaplain on a bike. He's just not in the in in the codex, probably because they don't actually produce a chaplain on bike model. You know, when they get around to Ravenwing, you'll see a chaplain on a bike model. Probably. That's interesting to me. Yeah, and I'm kind of in favor of that because it brings it gives the flavor back to those chapters. Yeah, and as long as you still have the index, you can you know you can still take it. And who I mean, the chaplain on bike box may have just a generic Space Marine data sheet because all the all the new stuff that's coming out has the data sheet in the box. And on the GW website, there's actually a little downloadable document that says, oh, yeah, you can take this in Space Wolves, Dark Angels, Blood Angels, um, Death Watch. Here's the different options they have that are unique to that chapter. So everybody has access access to all the new stuff, which is good because a lot of people were wondering if they were going to be able to take those with the new units in the codex with their armies that are only in the index. Um, I'm Look, I'm not much of a Space Marine player, so I have very little opinion on it. Like, I'm... In a way, like anything that makes the Space Marines a bit less of a universal grab bag and makes each of the the, 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 the factions or the chapters within the Space Marines a bit more individual in their own way suits me. Um, I like the idea of Space Marines having 
a bit more personality than just having one troop for every situation, like having one unit for everything. So I guess I'm fine with that. And, but like you say, like, it's not like the option is not going to be available in another like packaging anyways. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I, I still feel like they're doing it right. Um, and I think people just like to complain. There will always be people who who want to just complain. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's sort of the hallmark of the gamer community, right? We got to complain about something. And I also listened to a very good book um, by fellow host JF. I listened to your book on Audible. Which one? A God in the Shed, and I thought it was oh. excellent. Thank you. I I'm... even left a review on Amazon. Ooh, Ooh, cool. Because I need them Amazon reviews. My bosses want me to have a lot of reviews. And by bosses, I mean publisher. And by publisher, I mean people who are not by any stretch of the imagination my bosses, but they're still encouraging me to get reviews. So, And for those of you out there who are thinking about listening to it, it uh, it's very suspenseful. I thought a lot of good intrigue in there. And I know I'm JF's co-host, but there when i went to amazon there was 40 reviews and they were all four or five stars nice wait don't i ha i have a few three stars and two stars or when i went there i didn't good? see any oh okay because i i know i have some but it must be on goodreads goodreads is a lot harsher when it comes to reviews so yeah that that's for <laughs> hardcore book readers yeah and i mean it's it's fine. What's interesting is that you very rarely like you'll get a two star review, uh, but it'll very rarely be a stupid review. Like I think those hurt more because they actually give you intelligent reasons why I didn't like the book. So it uh, it cuts at the ego more sharply. But I'm I'm super glad you enjoyed the book, Matt. Yeah, I really really did. I thought it was great, and I actually I um I ended up listening to it just over two days. Oh wow! Because I was enthralled. I've I've done this with some books from uh, the Expanse series because they are very good. So I'm um, wow! I'm flattered. Thank you, dude. Sure. You're gonna get me all emotional on the show. I'm supposed <laughs> to be the. I I think I was described as trying too hard to be a supervillain, but it's really hard when you're like stumbling over your words trying to be humble here. So, is it just you and your brother participating in the Fate of Kona campaign, Jeff, well, or is there more people locally doing it? Oh, there's um, there there seems to be a few people doing it locally. Like, we have a Games Workshop store in, here in Montreal, and there's another store closer to my home. I think they're also participating, but obviously a bit less since they, it's not their single focus. Um, right now, Montreal is just beating the snot out of chaos, though. Uh, chaos is not doing good in ye old Montreal. So, <laughs> and since I'm fighting against chaos, of course I give all my points to the Imperium when I win, and I won. So, score one more against the forces of the heretics. Now, for those listeners who might not be familiar with the campaign, do you just want to explain a little bit? I'll I'll do my best, but. Basically, what would happen from my side, like I knew there was a campaign, but uh, I, I didn't pay enough attention to actually know all the specifics. So I'm basically being dragged into it by my brother, which is very cool, considering that he used to like one edition ago would not play 40K unless a gun was put to his head. 
Um, and now he seems to be very much into it enough that he's dragging me into this campaign, which is cool. Um, but basically, the, 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 there's there's this the, the, I think it's the Conor system or Connor system, which you'd think the Terminators would be more involved into this. John <laughs> John Connor, get it? Anyways, um, this is the stupidest joke, and I keep having it bounce through my head, and I know it's a bad joke. So, and basically, we're we're going. Um, I think it's week by week, planet by planet, through the system and having fights. And in, I, I hate that they do this, but I know why they do it. But essentially, it's the theme is chaos versus the Imperium, and the the Xenos are on the sideline, just you know, taking advantage advantage of the situation. And couldn't we just get one like you know, like orcs at least? Come on. Yeah. I know. Why can't it's no, no. It's it, it's a bit frustrating because again, the Xenos are relegated to the sidelines, and I'm much more of a Xenos player than I am either Chaos or Imperium. So again, like I, I look at my Tyranids, I look at my Aldar, and I look at my Tau, and I think, ah, oh, you poor poor bastards. Like you deserve more. But either way, I'm still representing the Tyranids and uh, there's, there's a, my high fleet is, uh, is in the system bouncing from planet to planet. And, uh, just, I'm, <laughs> the problem is I have yet to find any time to go read the actual lore for the story, which bothers me because I'm all about the lore. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So I don't like, I, I've, I'm basically building my own little thing for my army and, for the, the games I'm fighting, I'm just running after this Slanesh uh, Nurgle Alliance of Demons wherever I go. But otherwise, like I, I don't know the specific yet how the special characters are involved. But it's it's one of those classic campaigns like they used to do, like the the, the very old Eye of Terror and all that, um, where apparently the, the results are going to have I don't know how much of an impact because I, last time I think it, it bit them in the rump. Then when they they let the, a campaign decide important plot points. <laughs> but I, th I think they said that the, it would have uh, some kind of influence on how the lore would develop, at least the lore of the Konar system. And so each week of the campaign, it started with a get started box though, or something of similar size. And then every week they're going through a different spot in the force organization chart, correct? Yeah. So for, first week you had to, you didn't have to have the the whole get started box, but something from the get started box to uh, built and painted and played your game with. And it, this, this is not mandatory. It's just you get extra points for it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's there's some in-game be uh, in-store benefits if you fill out your, an entire card of... Uh, if you fill out an entire card having... You know, proving that you've done this. You need to bring your model to the store, which is kind of a hassle for me. But you bring your model to the store, they go, oh, yes, you've done that model. You don't need to buy it there. And then they'll sign off or stamp your card. And if you get all the cards stamped, I think you get some some cardboard objective markers or something. Anyways, it's 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 not like a huge prize, but it's 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 fun just to give yourself these guidelines. So if I remember clearly, the first week is was the starter box. The second week is an elite choice. Third week is a vehicle. So if you're a turned player like I am, you feel that you're a bit uh, getting screwed by this. But then uh, the week after that, if I'm not mistaken, is Psyker week. So, as so you come back in a big way. Yeah. Yeah, and as it turned out, you're fine. You've got plenty of psyker options. I had to debate very long between a Maliceptor and some Zoanthropes. Um, I went with the Zoanthropes because, you know, I don't, I'm, 
you know, why did I go? Oh, yeah, I flipped a coin. Um, and then, <laughs> and uh, then the week after that is, yeah, if, if you're a Tau player or a Necron player, that's when you're boned. Um, but then the week after that, I think, is Fast Attack. And the last week is interesting because it is the, um, the Lord of War or a terrain piece. Interesting. So what's cool about this one is that I'm going to do my Harridan. Finally, forcing me to do my Harridan. And for Fast Attack, I'm going to do 20, uh, 20 Gargoyles to hang out with my Harridan. Nice. And the what, what's interesting is that you have some terrain options, so you can get some, some existing terrain but you can also scratch build your own terrain. So the la- this last week is really just do something crazy for your army. And and it's it's kind of exciting that way. The campaign seems really cool and a good way to to start a new army or just get into the game if you're just starting. I'm really disappointed the timing was so poor for me because it's the perfect opportunity for me to spring out my newly forming army. But unfortunately, I don't have the time to dedicate to it right now. I hope they do it again next year. Yeah, there's no place around me that is, I should say, within a reasonable driving distance that's doing it. There's some stores on the other side of Boston, so it's about an hour and 45 minutes away on a good day. So I'm not participating either. And my local store, the one I was talking about before, is really just sort of starting to try and draw people into play 40k but i did talk to the owner about he was wondering how he could get people to play and i talked about something similar like some sort of escalation thing where you go 500 points 750 after a few weeks and just build it up that way so um i don't think it's it's not going to be in the fate of conor timeline um time frame or quite as aggressive but i'm looking forward to see what people do with that it's a great way to start an army I, it almost makes me angry that I'm playing. Like, I, I look at Eighth Edition right now, and I'm thinking, "Oh, to be a new player, it must be so cool." Hmm. Like, I've, I've, I'm glad I'm a veteran. I'm glad I've, I've got all my malls. I'm glad that I can, like, any day field the two thousand point army without breaking a sweat. It's gonna be fully painted, and I'm, you know. But at the same time, um, like, it's never. There's never been a better time to be new to this game, I feel. Is it just me? No, I, I see a lot of new people coming in, and I see a lot of players that have not played in a long time because they didn't like the way that the game was going coming back in. So there's a overwhelming amount of, compared to recent editions, of people that are rediscovering the game. Yeah, yeah no, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it's I, I I think the trick is to keep doing what they're doing, listening to the community, but being uh, being critical of what they hear, and still and and having a good plan looking forward. Um, there's I mean it's obviously it's, we're not going to get 100% of what we want for two reasons. I mean Games Workshop needs to remain to a certain degree profitable. Like I'm not super happy with the price of codexes because I want all the codexes, but that's too many codexes at that price and too short. I am a little disappointed that they're much more expensive than the indexes. I wasn't expecting them to be Yeah, I wasn't expecting them to be cheap, but I was hoping they would have been maybe ten dollars cheaper. Yeah, I I was thinking like what I wanted was not necessarily cheap as much as just cheap enough that it's reasonable that I can get 
most of them as they come out, but it's too fast, too expensive. Like it, it won't matter in two years, but right now it's like it feels too much. Yeah, I will say though, if and we've we've only seen the Space Marine one so far, but if they all live up to the same production value and size of the Space Marine Codex, I'm okay with spraying it out over some time and getting all of them. I agree. And here, the, the other difference is like, what's the long term plan? Because right. they're putting all of them out really quickly to the point where, like, within a year or less, we can expect them to be done. Like, all the codexes for every currently known army are going to be out. So if the plan is to be completely done that quickly, they're probably not going to go through the codex rotation immediately or maybe even for a while. So if the plan is that you buy one codex, it's a bit more expensive, but it's going to last you a lot longer or the entire edition or, or you know for than, than more than previous codexes have then yeah so you spread out that cost over the next four years and it's not that big of a deal it, like there, there's a lot of i say the, the jury is only going to come back with uh, an, an opinion on this later and we'll see how well that works but like right now like i'm getting a lot of sticker shock yeah i hear you yeah the even some of the new models, like the the Reavers box for the Space Marines, it's ten guys, but it's a seventy five dollar box. So it's um, but they're yeah. bigger. they are bigger. I wanted to buy more Zoanthropes, but the box is sixty five dollars. Mm. Yeah, it's three. It's three models. Like that's just, mm, it hurts. It hurts me. They're they're really nice models though. I know I I I I have one box and I know that they're pretty great, so I don't feel too bad about it. But at the same time, my my wallet, man, my wallet. Yeah, and I think it's and I I understand why the Reavers are seventy five dollars there. There's lots of bits in there, but it's not with the rate they're releasing stuff. It's hard to go out and buy one of every new release, right? Because there. Mm-hmm. If they do the same thing with the Nurgle stuff, which I'm sure they're going to do, you know, we saw just last week was Primaris Captain, Primaris Librarian, Primaris Reavers, and Primaris Aggressors. All four of those boxes came out this last week. There's, I think, three more this week, and then three more the week after that. And then all the Primaris stuff is out. So they're releasing it at a much more rapid rate, which isn't a bad thing because... I mean, as you know, as we talked about before, there was editions a long time ago where you'd have rules for a model that didn't exist for several editions, and after that, <laughs> Thunderwolf Cav, Thunderwolf Cav, Wave Serpent, Wave Serpent. I think we went from third to not until fifth edition that was there a Wave Serpent model. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious also if we'll see that this this applied to some of the older codexes. Like I'm curiously enough looking at the Terranid codex and there's a few things in there that aren't exactly out yet or out enough or in the right way. Like if I look at say um shrikes, we don't we currently there's no option for shrikes, zero option for shrikes. Oh, I'm so mad about that cuz it's so easy for Forgeworld just to fire up those molds again. Now assuming there's nothing wrong with the molds, but I I've been I've read somewhere that it's because when they changed the warriors to the new ones, the old wings don't fit. Now I could 
with five minutes of my time <laughs> and barely any effort actually test that, and I haven't. Um, but well, I guess that's the an hell, excuse. man. I'm yeah, look. George Rose <laughs> waiting on you. I don't have a I don't have a good excuse. No, but it's it's one of those things that I feel should they should find something to like. I don't know. Modify the warrior box. Give us a sprue, a sprue with some plastic wings. Like there's, there's, there's. When the Turnic Codex comes out, I would love to see those things kind of corrected. I would love to see uh, lictors be rethought and have another option and give us some plastic lictors because that would be nice. Resin. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, seeing this the the the. the the trend towards aligning what's in the codex and what's available in plastic models being pushed to its extreme and its obvious final conclusion. That is one thing that makes me look forward to the Eternet codex. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it too. I, again, strikes please. Cause I want to, I want mm, six to nine of them, but <laughs> well, they're getting pretty, um, pretty advanced with the modeling stuff too. Cause I'm sure you guys saw the picture of the, Reaver shooting the grappling hook. Did you guys see no, that? No, I did not. Yeah, the, the Batman Marines. Yeah, the As one of the Reavers is he has a bit that is a grappling hook that's probably twice as long as he is tall shooting out of the grappling gun. No way. Yeah, it looks really neat. I mean, that is really cool. It's instantly probably going to break, but it looks really neat. Yeah, but for those five minutes that it's not broken. Right. Right. You have a whole tray in your foam just for that one model. I mean, I've bought foam trays for less. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've i spent so much on battle foam stuff. Oh, I have so much it's, battle foam, too. It's embarrassing. So I'm wondering, with this rapid codex release, if what we're going to see is more of a focus on the campaign books like they were doing towards the end of 7th edition. You know, trying to tell interesting stories with new models and armies or something like that. Well, we, we know that from a production standpoint, they are looking at re-releasing, and they've already done so to a certain degree, uh, some of the old specialist games. So that's definitely going to take some of their time. And right now, obviously, they're focusing a lot on 8th edition and really re-releasing codexes. So we're, it's probably going to take a little while before we see another one of those games come out. But eventually, they're they're going to do more more Blood Bowl stuff. We know that yeah. Armageddon's coming out. Um, I would love to see. Oh man, can you imagine if they would do like some kind of Aeronautica Imperialist thing? <laughs> oh, so great. But yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that is not necessarily 40k. And also, there's a good chance once they're done with the codexes, hopefully not before, they may take a slightly long break from 40k to focus on some on, on some Age of Sigmar stuff. Because obviously, when a new edition of one of the games comes out, the other game kind of gets pushed to the wayside for a few months. So I, I don't I don't know how what we're gonna see. Like I'm hoping we don't see the 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 cycling back of new codexes too quickly. I like the idea of campaign books like that. I'm wondering like a new a new faction would be nice at some there's, point. I think since eighth edition there's been a rumor that they're gonna do something new. Well we got we got Death Card as their own separate book. So I feel like that's just the start of something coming out but i would really like to see something new new something that's not yeah another not been done before at all. i mean ideally yes that would be that would get my vote would be would be some some new form of xenos but we'll see 
I in in order of preference, I think we need some new Battle Sisters or Adeptus Sororitas. Well, that's a whole separate else. issue. I because as because here's the thing, like I want new Xenos. I really want a new Xenos race. Like I want something that is conceptually new, that is very different from a gameplay standpoint. Like I want something to get excited about. However, I would not feel super great if that were to come out. Like if a whole new, you know, line of models were to come out and the Ballasister players were still left hanging with super expensive old metal models, it would not feel right. Yeah, they they really either need to just do it or just cut them out completely because it sucks. It really sucks not having an army. I mean, you know, I have a, a friend who who well who tries to play these and, and can't because the models are, you know, hard to come by now, especially because you know less and less of them are available on the website as time goes by. And I mean, who wants to spend a you know a small fortune on metal models now? You could easily spend that same fortune on much nicer quality models in plastic or resin for any other army. Yeah, and I, no, you know, I just, absolutely. I just feel, I feel like if they're, they either need to just do it or just cut them loose and just not produce any more rules for them anymore. Like at this point, I feel like either would be preferable. You know, and I think there was that glimmer of hope, I guess you could say, with um, the. Saint Celestine that they released in that, I know. In that box. What was that about? First of all, the model is good. Saint Celestine, the original one, was one of my favorite models. I'm not super hyped about the wings of the new Saint Celestine, but it's jazzy otherwise. I, I can't and everyone got like so hyped out, and then they had some new rules, and on and on, and then nothing. Just nothingness. Which and, and it's it feels like such a tease because it really is Games Workshop like walking out of like there's 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 smoke on the ground and there's fireworks and dancers on the side and through the haze Games Workshop comes out and goes boom we've nailed the style and we've nailed the look of the Sisters of Battle and they look mm-hmm. awesome and they're plastic everybody applauds and then like there's an explosion and, and, and a smoke, a cloud, and then games workshop is gone. And that's it. That's all you get. Like it's a teaser. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the supermodel took us out to dinner. She paid for everything, took us back to her apartment. And then she said, Oh, I'm just going to step out for a minute and never came back. <laughs> and Perhaps it was not my, my, yeah, your particular, uh, analogy. Okay. Uh, Ryan yeah, Gosling analogy called, he gave you a place and, and, and a time, and then you showed up, and Danny DeVito it's showed up. It's not exactly what said, I meant, no, but oh. all right. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is we were teased with excellence and then left hanging, with so Danny to DeVito. speak. Well, it's, it's no, the same it's, thing that happened when they got the rules in the White Dwarf. Everyone like was like, oh, my God, they're going to get a real codex, blah, blah, blah. It just like frenzied the mob. Yeah, if it... Here's a, probably a hint for you. If they put the rules in White Dwarf, there's not a book coming. Yeah, well, but then there was a time when there was a book that came out and there was no new models. Right. And, and they had that when we saw that video at Adepticon last year where they had the guy um, going to the recycling bin and say, oh, Plastic Sisters. So they even – they I think they get the, the joke anyway. Well, not necessarily the joke, but you know what I mean. They know people want it really, really bad. 
my hope is that while they're releasing all these codexes right now and they're releasing very few, like a lot fewer models, like they've done the Primaris and now they're releasing a bunch of codexes, that that means that they're concentrating their production efforts toward production development efforts of models on an awesome, just absolutely gorgeous uh, set of new models for the sisters. And like they're they're gonna release all the new codexes, and at the end they're gonna go, oh, and one more thing, that's uh, Steve Jobs, and boom, new sisters, and like a whole new line of models and kits and rules, and just blow us all out of the, all the way. That would be awesome. One can dream. One can dream. <laughs> but just a reminder that. If you're going to pick an army, don't forget that there are many benefits to abandoning your flesh to a creature that is much more capable of using it for a, a, a purpose that is higher than you are. And I am talking, of course, of the hive mind. And I, I think that you don't have the use of your own biomass that it could make of it. And you should just relinquish it while you're ahead. I promise you greater pleasures await you. See, what's interesting is until you get to the biomass part in the hive mind, you could really be pushing for either Tyranids, Nurgle, or Slaanesh. Mm-hmm. But it's the, the hive mind that's right. Like, at the end, <laughs> at the, end of the day, like... It's I all mean, just one big happy family. If you die, they just absorb your material back in and put you and back you out get... of something else. It's reincarnation. Exactly. Maybe you get to be something cooler this time. Maybe maybe you use your zoanthrope now. It's Exactly. It's... It's really not important because you go from being a, a, a useless, independently thinking uh, assembly of bone, flesh, and skin fueled by blood, and, and then you just become a flake of skin in a much greater organism. So, I mean, you disappear and you get reabsorbed and you get respawned and, and it doesn't matter anymore. Like there, There's a beauty and a calm that comes from letting all those worries uh, escape you. If you're one of the lucky few that gets to become a gene stealer, you might get it to have a cool cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can go start a cult. Yeah, go be a patriarch. Mm-hmm. There's nothing but benefits. I mean, there's no medical or dental or anything like that, but there's... You know. Have you seen how many teeth there are, they have? <laughs> also, I'd like around. to point out, like... There is a swarm have, of them, too. They don't last too long. They have, like, perfect teeth, I've noticed. <laughs> Probably because they don't last very long, and so they get reabsorbed into the biomass, and they just True. they just don't have a long life cycle because of the nature of eating everything in sight up to and including each other. It's perfect. It's it really is beautiful. <laughs> well, you heard it here, guys. Go join the hive mind. Mm-hmm. Find and... your nearest recruitment office, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> No, you gotta go to like this, like the the shady part of town, and find the the gene stealer cult symbols. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Where you just start. just go walk at night in strange, dangerous places until yeah, you go hear find voices the, in the your CD head. Under, yeah, seedy underbelly. Wait for the voices to find you. Mm-hmm. And once they've found you, just follow them wherever they go. We're giving bad advice to our uh, <laughs> yeah, very maybe terrible don't do advice any to our listeners. Things. They'll be happy to have you on any level, whether that's as a member or as new genetic material. They don't discriminate. If there's one thing the Tyranids don't do is discriminate against who they're going to eat. No. Yeah, and, it's everyone. And again, if anybody tells you that, that Tyranids are evil, remember, they're not. They're, they're just, just hungry. hungry. We all get hangry sometimes. 
Mm, right? Yeah. It's just they're just hangry on like an intergalactic scale. Exactly. <laughs> oh, hive mind, you look so you look so pissed. Here, have a Snickers. Have a snack. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back shortly with Rich Boylan. Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, so we are back with Rich Boylan, the creator of the awesome Hell's Reach animations, which you can find on YouTube right now. Rich, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? We're doing pretty good. Thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, we are all fans of your animations. I haven't made it all the way through yet, but I think they're awesome. I know Ashley's watched all of them so far. Sure have. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. That's great to hear. And so we, we take it you are a Games Workshop fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, oddly enough, I've never, I've never played the tabletop, and I don't have any friends that do. I, I've always kind of been on the outside of, uh, of the pastime. Like, I, um, I, how I basically, I, I, how I got into the whole universe was I just, um, I found a book. I actually, about almost 10 years ago, I was uh, in the military, and I found a book. It was a Gaunt's Ghosts omnibus, and it wasn't even the first one. But still, <laughs> I figured I would read it, and nothing made any sense, but it was it was good. It was a page-turner. So um, from there, I, I kind of tracked down some more books. Uh, this was all in Afghanistan, by the way, so there wasn't a lot yeah. else to do. Sure. So I, uh, I read up on my uh, – it started with Gaunt's Ghosts, and I – I think there was some Horace Heresy books somebody had over there too, and just since then I never stopped. I, I couldn't. I, I was like addicted. I kept. Uh, I started with that, and then I started reading Space Marine books, and I really liked those. But it's um, it's always been a very solitary kind of passion of mine. I don't uh, have anyone to talk about it with. <laughs> well, I think you're in the right place if you want to uh, talk about Games Workshop and Space Marines and whatnot. Well, maybe maybe not with JF. He's not much of a Space Marine guy. I don't hate them. I just <laughs> don't really play them because yeah. I have a lot of other things. I have some custodus though. Is that how you say that? Custodus? See, I don't know how I can pronounce it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've, they're the custards. I, I'm, I've pronounced them as I've read them, but I've never heard anyone in a position of authority actually pronounce it, so I don't know. Oh, or those, uh, the, the cops, the adeptus arb. Arbites or Arbites or it's, Arbites? It's, it's the old Laz Cannon Lays Cannon debate, right? Uh, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm 50-50 on that. I think I say <laughs> Lays, but I think that's wrong. I don't know. Because so you say laser, but then people say yeah. Laz Cannon. 
Right? Yeah, it's totally laser. I always assume that. <laughs> I say go with whatever works for you. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, you're producing these Hell's Reach animations, which are, they're about eight to ten minutes long apiece. You've just released episode seven, correct? Uh, that's right. And this follows the audiobook. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, basically, I, I, I kind of sat, I was sitting around, I just wanted to, I, I've always wanted to make a Space Marine movie. I'm a filmmaker. Uh, that, that's my training and background and stuff. And my dream has always been to make a space free movie. And I was sitting around and I kind of started to look at what do I have access to and how could I just do this without, you know, money or a crew or permission. Um, so I, <laughs> we're going to get uh, back to that last part. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I just, I figured, you know, I, I know, uh, by, by my profession is I work in the video game industry. I make, I work in cinematics. I've been a, a Bioware for about five years now. So, mm. um, Spend all day cool. doing this kind of thing, so I just scraped together all the assets I could find. Um, the look of it was actually something I had experimented with before. I made another little short called Tank Head, which was about a guy with a tank for a head. And uh, I really <laughs> liked the look, and so I kind of modified it a bit because I thought, like, uh, just the black and white looks super cool, especially with the Templars. And yeah. then uh, Hell's Reach is super – it's a killer book if you haven't read it. Probably my favorite Space Marine book, so – I forgot to thinking, well, maybe there's like an audio book and I could act it out. So I looked that up and uh, it's awesome. Like it's super well delivered. It's uh, Jonathan Keeble, I believe is his name. Killer delivery. He does all these different voices and seven episodes in it's working. It's working great. It's been tons of fun. A lot of work and I don't sleep anymore, but it's been, it's been killer. <laughs> it's a very so interesting. How... Um... Oh, sorry, Ashley. No, I was just going to say, how much time do you put into maybe say an eight to 10 minute episode? Oh, my good God. Uh if I'm going hardcore, I started making these. I took some time off after we, I worked on Mass Effect Andromeda. And that was, a, I would say if you were working full time, it would take me about two weeks. Well, I mean, I in, ter in, terms of, in terms of hours, like how many hours do you think you put oh, into each episode? Well, and I, I would say, yeah, about 80 hours. Then. Good gravy. Wow. Yeah. Not including rendering, which is a nightmare with that, that all the, the after effects and stuff. It's brutal. But these take a while. And my computers, I, I just, I'm actually just assembling a new one. Because my poor computer's dying on me, but um, they're a lot of work, yeah. They're, and they're as the, we get into the war stuff, it, it's they're just getting exponentially more difficult to make. So thank God I'm enjoying these. It's it's a very interesting visual style, like you said. It's, it's black and white, but it almost ha I I don't know what I'd call it. It almost, but the way that the animation moves, it has almost a like a flipbook quality to it, almost. Yeah, it's because it's actually they're they're done in uh, it's 12 frames per second. Yeah. Which I find gives it, it has a very anime look to it sometimes with some of the motion, which uh, I, I do really like. I, I, I like the way it's coming out, and I, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really enjoying the 12 frames per second, I guess. Yeah, you're right, the flipbook. I think it's actually called Flipbook, one of the filters yeah. I do that kills half the <laughs> frames. But um, no, I'm super pleased with that frame rate. It just, uh, it's, it does, I like how it, 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 it makes all the motion look and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. It goes well with the, the sketchy look of the sort of uh, sh sharpie type yeah. design the take on me yeah, kind of <laughs> yeah. I uh, get there, there's a parody that's just begging to be done i get super <laughs> offended when people make that comparison i don't mean to <laughs> but i just i'm always like yeah i guess whatever yeah you know? well it's it's animated you know sketchy drawings so yeah. i guess yeah, well, yeah. that and and you know and it's your baby so you're automatically going to be a little more defensive of it yeah, too well, yeah, I'm I'm terrible with with that. I, I 
I know, like, I, I'll read the comments on each one until I see even, like, the slightest bit of, like, a suggestion, and then I don't read them for, like, two days. I go, I sulk. <laughs> and I know I need to get better at that. I really, really do. I, the, like, the people that work with me in video games know that all too well, that I'm, I don't, I'm not great with criticism. But I'm, I'm getting better. Like, I, I, try, I, try, I read every comment eventually, and uh, I've, I've addressed, <laughs> like, I've, I've modified the look based on feedback and stuff like that. I read mm-hmm. the, Bolter, uh, the Bolter and Chainsword forum. I read that quite a bit. Oh, sure. But if anyone from there is listening, I have tried like twice to sign up and no one ever gets back to me. So I, I can't, uh, <laughs> I would be more than happy to post there. And what's neat too is you sort of, um, you expand on the audiobook a little. Like at the beginning of episode three, you have that uh, short little section with uh, Commissar Yarrick fighting the, the orc and getting yeah. his, his arm cut off, which is, which is so great. cool. Great. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that that episode just didn't have much in it, and I was kind of uh, I was like, well, let's let's have a little fun with this. Let's uh, let's make let's show Yarek a little backstory for the planet. Um, yeah, it was that was super fun to make. I really enjoyed that. And so, for those who don't know, this is about the Black Templars on Armageddon. Um, now, how long? Because I've read the book, but not listened to the audiobook. So, how long is the audiobook in total? <laughs> It's uh, the, it's it's a when when you buy it, it's a twelve-hour audio file. Wow. So I have covered about the first two hours, and obviously, like I'm, I'm cutting out an absolute yes. ton. Of oh, books. sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, I've gone through about a sixth of it so far. So, do you have like a target you want to have it done by fifty episodes, or is there a number in your head where you think it's going to end, or is it just going to be I'm just going to go until I until I reach the end? Uh, I, I mean, I wish that were the case, but there's, uh, I mean, it's, I'm going to finish the story and I, I, I would say between 30 and 50 episodes is reasonable, but like, I just, it's really starting to wear me out. I, yeah. I live with my girlfriend who's been very patient so far, but <laughs> it's, when it's just every day, it's come home, throw my keys on the counter and plop down behind the computer and stuff like it's, it's really it takes its toll, but I don't. I want to keep the pace up too. Like I want to be able to get these out every two weeks, every three weeks. But I think realistically, yeah, it, I, I'll probably end up saying about thirty or thirty-five. I'm gonna have to really start condensing, especially because I can only there's not, like to make this much because the rest of the book's just war. So yeah. I'm gonna like yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can only set up so many scenes, and I'm now I'm doing all this. I'm mocapping everything now too, so it's. Uh, I have absolutely yeah. no idea what that means. Oh wow. Motion capture. Motion so, capture. so wait, you, you get oh, home, okay. you throw your on his keys power on. armor. Yeah, you <laughs> throw the keys down the counter. You put on your ping pong suit and you start gesticulating in front of a camera for basically. For a while. So yeah, okay, yeah. so so talk us through a little bit because I don't know a ton about this stuff. I'm, I'm an accountant for a living, so this is all like completely alien to me. Talk us through a little bit of what goes into making an episode. Sure. Um, it's always it, it's actually it's become quite a, a routine. I usually I, I start by I'll start reading the book. I, I have the ebook on my phone, so I read it usually on my way home from work, on my way to work, uh, and I kind of start reading from where I left off. And I there's always there's always a very natural kind of spot where I, I know I'm like, well, that'll be good. That's five. That's ten pages. That's like a, the right number of scenes. Then I go home and then I, I cut those out and then I go home and listen to the audio book and I, I isolate the, the dialogue I want. I trim it as much as I can. Till I'm left with sort of a you know a five whatever six minute audio sort of file, and then from there, uh, I don't really storyboard much. I usually then I start building locations because I have to put all this stuff together. And uh, again, it's all very piecemeal. Like I just go into the assets. Like I do this all on Source Filmmaker, 
So I just go combing through a million uncategorized assets and just piecemealing it together one brick at a time. Uh, and once that's done, yeah, I just I throw the people into the scene. I, I take the audio, I crank it up super loud, and I act it all out. I, I don't actually wear a mocap suit. I'm, I'm using a system of, like, connect. It's all very ghetto, although it works surprisingly well. <laughs> you're going to say for ghetto, you're doing all right. Yeah. Well, again, I, I, I do this. ghetto that way. A little ragtag is working out fine. I have the benefit of though having kind of done this professionally for so long. Like I've kind of, I have I go to work every day with animators and stuff. So any questions I have for setup and stuff, they're 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 super helpful. Um, I thought the mocap was going to save a bunch of time because before I was hand animating everything, but I, it doesn't. It takes way more time because apparently you have to clean up mocap, so that takes forever. And then finally, there's like when I start to shoot, when all the scenes are in, the lip sync's done, the fa everything's animated, is then I, I, I kind of have my day or two of shooting it where I run through with all the cameras, then uh, spit the footage out, cut it for about a day or two, sounds another day, and then the rendering can take, with my piece of garbage computer, it, it, it can take about, I would say two minutes of footage usually takes me about 15 to 20 hours of just sitting there rendering. Oh, wow. wow. So, but then at least yeah. that's time to kind of chill. And then uh, when it's all done, I upload it to YouTube. Then I go watch it and see all the mistakes I've made. And then I, <laughs> of course, it's, it's it's I cannot believe how many mistakes I make. And then actually how many I've I've released. I don't want to point them all out because you, you'd notice them. But there's I mean, uh, probably not. Uh, there's not to the same degree that you would. Oh, it's just like someone's hand will be a disaster, or uh, they'll be uh, bum frames get in all the time, like a single frame of of another scene. Just through some, uh, it's it's just a problem with the editing. But anyway, um, yeah, it usually takes me about four uploads before I actually watch it and I'm cool with it. And so then I'd release, and that's uh, that's the routine. That is a ton of work. Yeah, definitely but a labor of love. It really pays off. Holy smokes. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, like absolute labor of love. It's uh, the response has been totally worth it. And I just, uh, like I said earlier, I've just all I've wanted in life since I since I first found out about the IP was just to make a Space Marine movie and on whatever scale it is I, I really feel like I am like I'm telling the story my way and I'm showing it the way I see it in my head and it's tremendously satisfying I think it's it's in film it's easily the most satisfying thing I've ever done possibly and who knows maybe ever but uh, it's I, I absolutely have had a blast making it I like watching it as much as anybody else because it's you know Space Marines and the delivery is cool and the book's awesome so it's been fun Whew. So you 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 mentioned something about permission earlier. Oh boy. Um, as as we all know, Games Workshop is somewhat protective of their intellectual property. Yes. So I'm curious, how are you getting away with this? Well, um, it's you know I, I don't know a ton about the you know the the the, the rules around fan yeah. things and things like that. Um, I mean, I've got to kind of pick my words carefully here. It's it's a fan work. Um, sure. It's I have had absolutely no official contact uh, with Games Workshop in any capacity. They have uh, neither condoned or condemned. Um, it's at their it, it exists at their leisure, and, and I it's they would absolutely be within their rights to to shut me down. I feel like I'm kind of helping out with brand awareness, and I've heard it from a few people that have bought the you know they've bought the book because of it. But absolutely, like well, I work for Electronic Arts, so I know how big companies can be, and I sure. So as as I said, if they if they call me up one day and say pull them all down, then that that'll be the end of it. And there's there's days I wish they would, to be honest. Because <laughs> don't wish too hard. We want to see the end. <laughs> hey, me too. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, that that's something that uh, I, I I informally spoke with Aaron uh, Dembski Bowden, the author. I I saw his write up about it. I was, yeah. I'm sure you were pleased as punch. Oh my god! I, when I saw him message me, I almost fell out of my chair. It was, <laughs> I'm a big fan of his writing. Like his uh, Night Lord's oh, books are awesome too. Um, and he really enjoyed. He joke he jokingly the first thing he said was like. Uh, I have to tell you that my lawyers are going to be in touch with you. And I was like, Oh my good God. But, uh, he was just, he was just clowning, but, uh, but there's, there's no discussion about that kind of stuff. Like he just said, he's enjoyed it. Uh, he's endorsed it as much as he can, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's not my IP. Um, I'm not, I haven't made a cent off these things and I don't intend to for, for a few different reasons, but, um, well, first of which yeah. being that immediately, we you know, send you a cease and desist, I'm sure. Oh, my God. They would, they, yeah, they would put a cease and desist in a macro cannon and fire it at me. <laughs> uh, well, it'd be crazy. What would be great is if, because as <clears throat> people in, in the geekdom know, with Star Wars, there's tons of fan films out there. And as long as they don't profit off of them, they don't stop them from doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So you could, be, you could be the, the first of... You could be starting a trend of 40k fan films, which would be awesome. Well, but is there not? Uh, there's been oh, actually, some really cool stuff that's come before me, like the Lord yeah, Inquisitor. That's, mm-hmm. that's uh, true. Was wild. That was really promising. Um, then wasn't there another one that uh, I think one of the authors might even been Aaron was involved with? Uh, maybe it was the Lord Inquisitor. Maybe I'm confusing the two. There was the, I mean, one a long time ago that Games Workshop actually produced. Uh, it's got to be out there on YouTube somewhere, but it's like 1980s space oh. hockey thing. Oh, oh my gosh. Everyone's those. homework is to go find that now. That sounds oh, awesome and terrible. It, it, it's, those are super cool. Yeah, it's I, I, it's I, awesomely I, terrible. There's like a certain <laughs> charm to it. and I think it was actually made in the early 90s, and, and there's just such a charm to it. It's like it looks super 80s. It's shot on like video. Yeah. The, the space marines look weird, but it's maybe it's just weird to see them in live action. And they've done... Um, there was some FMVs and uh, there was an uh, epic Armageddon video game, and they had some FMV in that with like a uh, commissar and a space marine. And uh, that was that was commissar Holt, wasn't it? I I honestly they, don't remember. It's been so long since I played that game. The game was Final Liberation. I don't remember right, the character's yeah. name though. But that guy really looked like uh, commissar E. I thought he was well cast. Yeah, the space marine was a little little small, but you know they didn't. Yeah. Have what are they, they gonna do about w- that? Yeah, I can't really. They they weren't. We hadn't had the uh, awesome perspective shooting that we had in things like Lord of the Rings up to that, that point yet. So, yeah, that's true. So, based on what you told us, you know, so you're a big fan of the universe, but not much of the miniature games. I I mean I it's not uh, for lack. Of, I would totally try yes. it out. I've just never being around anyone that, that, that has been into it. Like, uh, yeah. I've never met anybody. I mean, I feel like I go past games workshops and I used to go in there and like pick up the books. Cause I've read about a million of the, the, uh, the, the black library books and they're cool. But then you walk in, it's like kind of intimidating. Like these people all, <laughs> it's their, it's their world. And I'm just like, we've all been there. <laughs> I, I need to go in again. There's one by my work. I need to pop in and just demand. You should, they'll, good. they'll do a demo for you if you ask. Oh yeah. Oh, if yeah. you talk to the employees, they're paid to be nice to you. And well, give you I, demos, and yeah, and give you demos. I mean, that's that's what they do. That's that's their whole their whole thing. So they'll they'll be happy to to show you a, a game, and they may even you know use some of the models from the new box set that just came out from the new edition. And yeah, 
What's By the way, new edition. That's a yeah. It's a great time to get into the game because yeah, it's, it's a whole it's new a hard, edition. It's really almost. It's really a hard reset mm-hmm. to the yeah. rules. So, can I ask you, what do you guys think of the pri? Is it the Primaris Marines? Sure is. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of that? I'm like, I, I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know what to make of it. How are they? Are they like well liked in the in the community? I think that we're still feeling them out in terms of gameplay. Yeah. But there was a lot of terrible divisiveness when the models were first introduced uh, in the fear that they would be replacing Space Marines. Yeah. Um, so people, there was a lot of, of question. People wouldn't, weren't sure what they meant for the game going forward. And, and, oh, my gosh, are we losing real Space Marines and things like that? But mm-hmm. now that that hysteria seems to have died down, I think it's it's pretty even. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like the, the new style of armor they have because they're... It's wearing, pretty jazzy. They're wearing Mark 10 armor. Um, was there a Mark 9? I remember Mark 8. No, actually, that was one of the things is somebody yeah. posted that question, like, what happened to Mark 9? They're like, we'll get to that at some point. But, we scrapped boy, it. It was, <laughs> it was declared yeah. heretical. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I I think they look neat. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that, like, from an aesthetic point of view and just, like, as far as proportions are concerned and artistically, they – they make more sense and they are better looking than the traditional ones, but the traditional ones have been with us for decades. So it's very hard to like, to let go of that look. And I mean, there's, it's, it's kind of shocking to see games workshop come out with what feels almost like fan art of their own design. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people were kind of shocked and are going to take a while to get used to it. But I think in the end it's, probably going to win out as being the better space marine i do also really appreciate that they made the heads and shoulder pads interchangeable between the standard marine and the primaris marine which means that the hundreds of pounds of bits that we all have stashed away in our closets are not useless okay so so you know if i know my my previous army was space wolves so i have i don't know globs and gobs of of you know, space wolfy pieces laying around that I can still use. So I can give them the cool space wolf helmet heads or the cool space wolf shoulder pads if I want, because it'll still fit these guys. So I could tuck a unit of them right into my existing army. No problem. And that I think was, that I think was a really smart move on their part. Ah, Okay. So could you have a a Primaris Marine with like the, I love the Mark seven helmet. That to me is the most space Marine thing. Them and the pop it on his head. Problem solved. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm in. God, you guys make me want to play. <laughs> Excellent. That's why we're here, to enable you. This is probably the most I've ever physically spoken with anyone about 40K, aside from drunkenly trying to explain it to people. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, damn, dude. You should we, – we, we could probably talk to you for – I mean, this is what we do with the show yeah, is talk is for hours thing. about the game. So, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Welcome to our den. I feel – I'm home. So clearly, big fan of Space Marines, but what is your favorite alien race in the 43 universe? Good question. Um, there, there is only one answer. Let's hope you get it right. Okay, if I was, let's say I was making a movie, like an original movie, and I had to pick the villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, I, I feel like whatever I say here is going to be wrong. No, no, I there's no right answer. No, no, no. There, there is only one right answer, but you're, you're on the right path. Oh, boy. You know what? I'd probably pick Tyranids. There you go. All see? right. But see, you're they're not the villains, but that's fine. 
Well, I read a book where they it went through all this. Oh, my favorite book. I, I think it was Graham McNeil. It, it's like my favorite moment in any Space Marine fluff or book or anything. Is uh, the book starts and it's on like a planet and I think it's around McCrag. It's not McCrag, but it's in the ultra. I don't know the ultramarines neck of the woods but uh it's like this father's son on this like idyllic farm on an agri world and he's like they've come in from hunting and he pats his kid on the shoulder and, you know uh, then they see like a shooting star in the distance or something that kind of it looks like a meteorite that lands and that's it and then like halfway through the book it revisits him and the first thing it says is that the the father's like his son's dead and he's trying to reload his rifle but his hands are too bloody and there's like all these pteranids trying to burst into his house it was like the coolest little Oh, wow. Like uh, kind of what, the way they revisited it, it was awesome. Like I thought that was – I think a turned invasion would just be the most terrifying, horrific thing ever. So I think that's what I what, – like, so there's no like real villain person that you could get in there. I don't know, maybe like an Inquisitor or something hanging out just to be a villain. But um, I like the idea of like the way they just encapsulate – they take over like a whole planet. Like it's so like inevitable and horrific. Yeah, they don't stop. Oh, like his orcs are kind of – they do the same thing. Orcs are a little yeah, more do it humorous, with more though. of an accent. Yeah. yeah. More True. cockney accent and a little more humor. Who do you guys what what alien what aliens do you guys like the least? Oh, that was gonna be my next question, actually. Oh. Well now I get <laughs> yeah. to ask you, I'm curious. I don't think you understand the dynamics of an interview. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm just so giddy with being able to talk to anybody about There's it. Yeah, I'm just fine. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, but if, okay, if you're going to ask me, I'll tell you Eldar. I have no interest in Eldar. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh, how boring. <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how I feel about Necrons. Ah, yeah. I oh, guess space too. robots. Uh, okay, I guess. The Tau. They're kind of lame. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't. I'm not a big fan of the Tau. I mean, no offense if you guys play any of these armies. I, uh, I just. <laughs> Jeff just... plays Eldar and Tau. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm big. No, it's just, look, it's fine. You can be wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the Xenos, so it's, it's weird because to me the armies that hold little interest are, are Chaos and the Space Marines. It's not like, uh, it's not no interest. It's just, I, I don't know. Like, I like to have things have just a little bit more character than the Space Marines. So I'm very interested in Space Marine variant. Like, mm-hmm. I like the Grey Knight. I like the Custardus. And and all that, I just I just like the variety that you find from painting Xenos because if I sit down to paint some Eldar and then the next day I paint Terranus, they're completely different things. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. if I sit down to paint some Chaos Space Marines and the next day I paint some Ultramarines, I'm essentially painting the same thing. Just one uh, of them has more skulls. That's, yeah, yeah, I never thought of it from the yeah, lots of skulls. I never thought of it from the perspective of building an army and, and painting i'm just i think of everything oh you should if you're gonna start you should definitely consider that because it's it's one thing to paint you know a whole bunch of satyranids that are all cool and interesting and different and then you paint 50 space marines <laughs> and you think why did i get myself into this so think carefully when choosing an Points. army i guess yeah i like the enemies though see i like what my what attracts me to the whole universe is the, i love the grim dark like i i love like i listen to heavy metal uh, I, I like kind of that silly sort of go- not silly, but it's not pretentious either. It's just it, it's you know like that gothicness to it. Like it's the, it doesn't get any more gothic and more over the top than like the Space Marines and stuff. And like it just everything just they double down on it over and over. Where it's, <laughs> it's not just a gun; it's a bolter that's like thrice blessed, and every screw has been you know looked at by a priest, and you know everything is holy and sacred. It's just don't so- forget the purity seals. Oh, of course. Everything <laughs> pure. 
It's so. I swear, there's so much parchment on a space marine <laughs> on a given and day, wax. you just throw a match in there. Yeah, how does that stay on for more than two seconds? I can never figure that <laughs> out. I mean, that's the sort of sort of the shtick is is that they stick them on before each battle to like make yeah. themselves extra good. It's I kind of it's kind of like the orcs, where if they think it'll happen, it just works. The space marines sort of seem to feel the same way about their purity seals. Yeah, they replace them every battle. See what I like about that in enemy though, just to just to just to keep yapping is. If it's if I like the space marines that much, I need an enemy that's even more over the top. Whereas like the Eldar and the and the the the, the talent stuff, they're all very like um, they have a little more subtlety to them. And I am not a fan of subtlety. So if it's if you're gonna f- fight anything, I like so I want an enemy that's in your face and even more vile and violent and and crazy and just smash them into each other with chainsaws and stuff. Even though it's the year forty thousand and they have guns. <laughs> But, you know, chainswords, obviously we have to have some of those. They are awesome. They, they are really cool. They're only only second to, in my opinion, the chain axe. The chain axe, yeah. That's, that's the chain axe. I'm, bearers, I'm, right? I'm or more, no, the yeah. The, I'm the, more partial to those. Uh, my favorite weapon has, since the release of their, their Death Watch Codex last edition, has been the Heavy Thunderhammer. <laughs> Just if you thought a Thunderhammer wasn't big enough, let's make it two-handed and twice as big. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Those regular thunder hammers just don't cut it anymore. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Not enough thunder. Not enough. It hammers. always bothers me though with space marines, especially, is that and they would lose very quickly, like in on Earth right now. Like, maybe just because I, I've spent some time in, in a in, a, in the infantry. Like, you're just this guy, this walking tank, wonderful. But like, you got standoff. You got thermal cameras on weapons. Like, you would take them out from a distance. Like a bunch of drop pods come down, you would just call in artillery on them and like shoot them with I tanks. I mean, they're going to – I mean, if we really got into it, they would just bomb us from space. That is so true. They, so they have that <laughs> yeah. on us. Yeah, that whole space warfare thing down pretty good. Yeah, they seem to not do that very often. No, they, they like, really to, like to show to up. Land, and it's so much easier to just land and fight man-to-man, I guess, than, than take them out from a distance. But that's the charm of 40K is it's so uh, just ludicrous. Yeah, it's it's not that it's just a walking tank. It's an eight foot tall walking tank. True, true. Do you guys ever read that book, uh, that old Space Marine book? The, I think it was the first one, Ian Watson, the book Space Marine. I did a long time ago. Oh man, that is a crazy take on the whole universe because it was written before there was any like, I, from what I can gather, before the universe had really been like totally flushed out. It's like the trippiest book ever because it's it's such an odd, weird, different take. On Space Marines. I've read it like three times. It's, it's, I get a, a huge kick out of it. It's pretty cool. You guys should check that out. Sorry. What's neat there is, is the, if, if you can get your hands on it, is there's the old Rogue Trader rule book. Which, I have that. I actually have oh. it on my bookshelf right now. Somebody gave that to me. Yeah, that, you. just reading yeah. about that, like the Space Marines in there, it's so weird to see how they are now compared to how they were originally. You know what I mean? Ah, there's, but there's such a charm to that old oh, stuff. Oh, no, I, I love it. I love it. But it's just. I mean, there's, there's nothing more weird slash charming than old school Tyranids. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> There's just or so wacky. Inquisitor, Obi-Wan, Sherlock. Uh, yeah. Right. Who's a what's it? Boy, they, they really uh, got that wrong. I have I have an original Lictor somewhere, like the old metal sunburst-headed ones. I think I, I might add it to my unit of brand-new plastic Lictors just to weird out my opponents. <laughs> awesome. So what's, what's that? That's a Lictor. Bullshit. <laughs> 
So besides <laughs> making awesome 40k animations, where does your hobby time lie? Are you a video game player or? Uh, yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm a gamer uh, to be sure. I mean, it, that's sort of. I mean, I mean, I work in the biz, and, yeah. and everybody's gamers. And I, I've always loved video games. Uh, when I'm making these things, I don't really have. I, I don't have free time. Like I have to. I, I work. I sleep a bit. I make Hell's Reach. But I, I, yeah, I like to play games. I like music and stuff. Like I play guitar. Uh, what else? I don't. I don't read books. I, I maybe I don't have any hobbies. I drink. I paint. <laughs> uh, a little, or I try to. Um, I, I try to do stuff, but I, I just there's less and less free time this, these days. It's it's killing me. And I live in Montreal, which is such a fun town. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. You live yep. in Montreal, dude? Yeah. That's true. Ubisoft. Hey, you need someone to teach you to play? Jeff oh, happens that. to live in Montreal as well. Yeah. Sorry? When you guys when you guys lives here? Jeff I'm, does. I'm, I'm in Montreal. Oh no way. Matt and I are in Dude, in I the will States. hook you up. Sure. What uh yeah, let's uh let's do it. I will I, I mean I work downtown. I, I let's uh let's somebody show me. It'll you're be gonna awesome. get some games. This is great. That'd be cool. Right, you're 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 screwed, buddy. Now you're you've got oh, your sorry. own you've got your own pusher. I'll be bringing out. I'll bring bring in the uh, the barbiturates. I, I can't first taste is always free. free. Yeah, I can't talk about. I can't mention actual drugs on the show anymore because I got warned not to. But yeah, that is gonna happen. Oh you guys keep it clean on here, do you? Not we really. We are PG thirteen. Oh, okay. Normally, we, I'm just firing off f bombs like you can't even. Yeah, imagine, no, we do but... too. We just try to keep it not too crazy. Yeah, don't worry about uh, don't worry about anything on here. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm a little. We'll, I got to be careful. I'm, I'm a little fuzzy. Well, not super fuzzy headed, but I actually went when I when I uh, when we discussed when we we're doing this, I totally didn't realize at the time. But today's my birthday. Well, happy, well, birthday. happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> I super. I happy don't. Birthday, this one, thanks. This one really snuck up on me. So I had a couple. I had a couple pints after work, and uh, and then that's I. That's why I couldn't record till later. I get it. Uh, well, no, I, and I'm, I'm actually, I had to buy a computer because Hell's Reach killed my last one. So I've been trying to ram oh, a video oh, card geez. into a computer. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, so who knows? But, uh, yeah, no, it's my, it was my B-Day today. And I'm all alone, just me and my cat here. <laughs> Sounds like my life. <laughs> well, when you're spending, when you're working and then also making these animations, I could see where you, where you'd lose track of time because. Oh, Yeah. It's uh, it's brutal. The, the, yeah, it's all it's all about. I have to like quantize my hours like for maximum efficiency. So like I don't. I have to like. If I I know if I start a render at exactly 3 a.m., it'll be done. Like I can then go to work, come home the next sleep, go to work, come home, and then like right when I'm finishing dinner, it should be done. Then it takes about 20 minutes for my computer to like cool down. Then I work till the next 3 a.m. I'm sorry. But, did you say cool down as in it's going to overheat? No, I mean not not necessarily physically. Okay. It's like after. I was gonna say that's pretty intense. It just it locks up. It's like it proverbially is. Oh sure, sure. Melting. So like I can't I can't even like open the video file to check it for like ten minutes. It drives me nuts. Anyway, that thing's going in the dumpster. Oh. This new one works. But that's my life. So. What is your favorite? 40k themed computer or video game then that you've played? Ooh, um, I liked Dawn of War up until 3. Those were pretty cool. I really liked Dawn of War 3 actually. I played that a lot and I, I rarely like buy DLC and stuff like that and play through. But I liked that one and like um, 
Space Marine was really cool. Like I had that for the 360. I liked that one a lot. Oh, so did I. It, I didn't like it at first. Like I was like I was super super psyched, and then I was like, "Well, this is okay." And then it grew up back on me. And like once you get to like the jump pack part, that's killer. Yeah, so, the jump pack was awesome. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's roughly the impression I had. Like it it was fun at first to be super violent, but then it kind of got repetitive. And then you get to the jump pack and you start doing some new things. Yeah. I don't yeah, think I've ever finished that game though. I did. The story was the story was pretty good. There's some uh, a lot of memes came out of the ending. Look, Leandro. <laughs> oh yeah, mother. yeah, yeah. He was right. I think he was wrong. He should have uh, kept it within the chapter. This idiot just goes right to the Inquisition. How do you right. even get in touch with them? <laughs> oh, they're always you know, watching. It's a Spidey Sense thing. They they know that they're needed <laughs> and they arrive. No, I can't remember. Did he like? Do you email them? Like, what, how does he? Does he know someone? He's like a, like a dude. Like he's like a battle brother, and he's. Boy, yeah, I was talking to the Inquisition. <laughs> Whatever. Killer game. And I haven't tried um, – what's that new one with the, 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 the Space Hulk game or whatever? I think if he plays the, the Dark Angels. Oh, the Deathwing. Death yeah. Wing. That looks cool, but then, like, the Steam reviews are horrible. So I'm like, now what do I do? Wait till it goes on sale? Yeah. yeah I guess. I, have I don't not, see how you can screw it up. I have not played Deathwing, but I, I enjoyed the old Space Hulk game. The really old one. I don't know if any of you guys played that from nineteen. Oh, I played. Or something like that. I think I played a remake on Steam where it's yeah. like turn-based. Yeah, I liked that one. That was actually pretty good. To be fair, it felt a bit slow to me, but it it was interesting to revisit an old game like that. Yeah, because Space Hulk was uh, that's like old school 40k stuff, isn't it? I'm kind of a little fuzzy on the history, but I, they, I know it's... they re-released it. Two, three years, four years ago? I don't know. It's several, more than two years ago, less than six years ago. But it was originally okay. in the 1980s, though. That was mm-hmm. the board game. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was that like a tabletop kind of deal? It's like a mm-hmm. self-contained board game, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's got, it's got tiles you lay out, and it comes with some miniatures, and you play with the Blood Angels against the Tyranids. Right on. And when they re-released it, they actually released some rules for Space Wolves, Dark Angels, and a think ultramarines okay yeah so they released some alternate alternate rules so you could play with your your preferred space marine faction of choice which was pretty cool oh neat that uh, that does sound cool i'm surprised i don't remember that i had a, i know i had a buddy that had space marine stuff i vaguely remember in the 80s seeing like the beakies and stuff and thinking <laughs> that looked kind of neat and then that was it for a bit but uh yeah surprised yeah. i don't know the, the tabletop stuff and the missions uh in the game, tell a story, so they're all sort of linked together, which is kind of cool. But oh, cool. So go ahead, geek out about 40k if you want. Let you can talk, we'll talk about anything you want to talk about with 40k. Oh man, where to begin? <clears throat> um, what's the okay? See, I'm always fascinated by like what the perception within the community is of things. Like I knew I I look at the forums. I read like uh, I read the traditional games on uh, 4chan quite a bit when I'm working because I like their little funny f- discussions about 40K. But it's tough to gauge. Like, who – do people, like, like the Space Wolves, for instance? Are they generally well-liked? Are they divisive? Whoa. Well, I'm, most people I'm that are smart wolves. and think about it – oh, wait, that's true, Ashley. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm still here, thank you, with I'm my kidding. space – with my full 3,000-point Space Wolf Army. Wow. I yeah. know that's a lot from all my readings, but are they, 
Are there chapters that everybody likes? Like, it seems like every everybody just argues all the time about everything. That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, you know. I think, I it's think one there's of the str- a universal dislike of Ultramarines. Okay. Pretty, nah, pretty, I'm pretty universal. Um, yeah, you're either you're either like you love them, or I guess you can be weird and be JF and have no opinion. But most people are like, man, Ultramarines, they get this and they get that, and they're special children, and they, you know, because you know they're they're the golden the golden marines that are blue i was just watching a thing today i I watch people's like i'm so obsessed with this stuff and i I listen to videos on youtube all day long about this but uh, it was like the original 12 when they first i think it was the first rogue trader the original 12 uh legions or chapters whatever they called them back then and it was like uh weird the list it wasn't like the 20 founding like they kind of ultimately worked it out or so it seems but it was like the flesh tears were on there i didn't know the crimson fists were like as old school you know it was a weird list yeah the crimson fists are on the cover of that road trader book that's right i always thought that was ultramarines and then i looked carefully i noticed they're crimson fists and then you have the classics like the space sharks and rainbow warriors there's there's founding chapters and then there's 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 subsequent chapters so yeah there's a second founding and all that right yeah yeah yeah. uh, so so that's where you get some of these more interesting things like yeah. rainbow marines and and space sharks i actually like the space sharks they, they seem really cool i'm in like the minotaurs like i like these like kind of niche distant super violent space marine chapters that are like not really that good the angry like, marines yeah, yeah yeah i dig that the meaner the better like so the world leaders then the world leaders are cool they got the best name easily out of any uh any of the the, the legions World Eaters. That's just such an aggressive name. It's awesome. I just don't like how they look. And the, I always see them with like those big helmet things. I don't know. It looks oh, uh, yeah, the weird. big wings on the helmet. Yeah. God, that'd be a pain in the ass. Pumping <laughs> it on you have to have good uh, space perception when you get that helmet on. Oh, you totally would have to. And if I may, uh, making these space marine or ma- working with these space marine models, those those shoulder pads. I spent half. I should have said about fifty percent of my time is dealing with those bloody shoulder pads Oh really? because they, they clip into absolutely everything. And like, nobody knows better than me, the logistics of a space Marine lifting his arm. And like, <laughs> how impossible that really is. I remember. They don't need to lift ago, them very high to shoot the bolters no. at the Zenas. Yeah. I remember years ago, actually, when they were starting to develop the space Marine game, the, uh, listening to, I think, I think it was 40 K radio back when in its older incarnation, they were talking to some of the, uh, to one of the developers. And he was, one of the things he was mentioning is that they had to just do a bunch of research and tests on figuring out and, how Games Workshop had never bothered to figure that out for himself, but how does a space marine lift his arm up oh. with that shoulder pad? How does how does that work <laughs> movement wise? It's the bane of my existence, and it's actually it's the it's the models from the space marine game I think that I'm using. I'm almost positive. Well, maybe not. I just find everything like it's like it's all like I just it all gets scraped together. It's just people do this kind of and they make it so you can use it in Source Filmmaker. So I'm not sure where everything comes from. But yeah, I think it's those models and those bloody – they're the bane of my existence. They look cool, but they're horrible. <laughs> Where would it attach even? Like it's, it can't be on your arm because when you lift it, you'd crush your head. I don't know. It's, it's weird. <laughs> that, where does the Space Marines not really carry ammo? I, I can't figure that out either. Like they seem to fire it a lot, but where's their – like they're not, they don't have mag pouches generally. Or maybe I'm wrong. 
Yeah, no, they do. And oh. Actually, on, on a lot of the models, they have little pouches with stuff that they carry around. There's a lot of them on the Space Wolves, for example. I had painted many of them. Oh, okay. Well, then I, I, I am now informed. I always I always assume Space Wolf carried beef jerky in there. <laughs> or he raw steak. <laughs> or combs that for that hair. What's <laughs> that liquor the Space Wolves have that, like, it like can, they can get drunk? Is it, it's, What was it called? It's like, because, you know, they, I've read in other flock they can't, like, they can't get drunk. They drink liquor. Then their body just breaks it down. But like the space wolves can get loaded. That would really well, like. I'm not an alcoholic, but that would really like. It would be super cool to be a space marine, but to not have booze. Ever. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure that so. I it's, like how it's, you think. It's, it's miad is what it is for the <laughs> right. space wolves, and I'm pretty sure I remember reading someplace that if a regular human were to drink it straight, it would kill them. <laughs> so they water it down for their like house guests. It's like Klingon blood wine, kind of. Same deal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Space Wolves all the way. If I had to be a Space Marine, for sure. They party. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. There is no party like a Space Wolf party. And they, they're loved by the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like, nice to humans. I remember hearing that. Them and, like, the Salamanders are pretty cool. They're, I know, actually, that becomes an issue later on in Hell's Reach. I'd like to remind everyone that no, nothing is quite as accepting as the all-embracing uh, presence of the hive mind. The hive mind and the yeah, yeah that's true. The, you you'll never feel alone if you are part of the hive mind. So I mean, space are wolves are rad, I guess, but space wolves are rad. End of sentence. Are you gonna get rendered down into goo to become part of the hive mind? I mean, there's that. Doesn't seem like yeah. you enjoy that. Well, you know, it you hurts won't mind for a while, afterwards. Exactly. Once once your biomass has been assimilated, you're you're one with the greatness and the majesty of the hive mind. What else could you ever desire? Nothing, because desires are washed away along with your individuality. In every new planet, you get to be a new creature. Exactly. Hmm. But if you, you have no desires, alone. then how would you? You wouldn't enjoy it, you know. No, you <laughs> would, because that's their whole their whole drive is to consume the biomass. It's fun. Well, but you don't, well, I guess. You're told Circular, it's fun, uh, I guess. <laughs> it's fun because the hive mind tells you so. Yeah. That's right. There you go. That's right. And you it's are the hive. Over. You are part of it, so you agree. It's wonderful. It's just, it's that is what per- biological perfection is like. I don't know. You know what? I would be all over those Slaneshi cults. They know how to party. They'd be all over you, too, I hear. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. What yeah, I'm, not sure you'd, I'm not sure you'd make it through that one. Ah. Uh, I, I think, you know, if you were, like, rich, it would probably be a wicked cult to be in. Seems like, isn't it, like, rich imperial citizens always kind of fall into that trap because they just want to Well, party. that and the Eldar, cause, and that's kind of how that, that became a thing. Well, yeah, Dark Eldar sounds yeah. scary, though. I don't know about that. Well, they used to be the Eldar, and then Slanesh got to them. So it's just fun. just oh, watch right. out for that. I find it was more like, like the Sl- Eldar... Like- the Eldar used to be like the Dark Eldar, and they indulged so much that some of them had to go, um, you know, clean or have, or you know, have their souls consumed. That's it's a weird. A, it's a weird history. It is. There's probably like a light Solaneshi worship, like just a little bit, you know, like just kind of mild, <laughs> like a, to- a token ceremony once a year, and you're just like, yeah, 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 but then it's like just raging keggers the rest of the time. And my, my brother plays Slanesh and he paints his in the most disturbing way. Like most people, 
Most people would paint, paint him like a, an, an alien color, like a green or a purple, mostly purples and pinks. Mm-hmm. He paints them flesh with black armor, so they look like they're wearing gimp suit and S&M gear. It's cool, uh, but also very disturbing. That is troubling. <laughs> He's flesh suits. It's a little creepy. Sounds more like Nurgle. It's a little creepy. Who's the Eric. best chaos god, do you guys think? Nurgle. Nurgle. It's Papa Nurgle. He's so happy. Yeah, we're, we're big fans of Papa Nurgle here. Okay. Because <laughs> we're sick all the time. <laughs> He's <laughs> just so happy. Uh, that, that's, the, that's the one thing. Like, if you knew, look at uh, figs of Nurgle demons, they are probably the only happy, smiling figs in the entire 40k range. That's no true. one's No one's as happy to serve their god of decay and sickness as these guys are. It must be great to have typhoid or something. I, I, yeah, good point. It doesn't look... It's so gross looking, though. Oh, they're yeah, gross, but they look like that. they're having the best time. Yeah. yeah they're, they're having a good time while doing it. Well, the Slaneshi people are always smiling, too. I mean, to be fair. Well, it's just, like, manic smile of, like, chaotic murder. What about Sinch? Uh, What's the deal with Sinch as an outsider? Like, what is it? Yeah, it his, depends. His Changes seen, all the time. Changes a lot. But it's it, that's kind of vague. Though the other ones are so much more clear cut. And then he's like the god of like change and plots. And it's like I don't know that I've ever even read a book where he's like his guys are the bad guys. Uh, so Thousand Suns books. Oh, I find that sounds. I see. I find all that stuff gets a bit tiresome. All the warp, uh, this, that, and everything, and like the Thousand Suns. Uh, who's the other chapter that's all about the word bearers? That's get that I find a bit, uh, you know, personally I, I get a little a bit tedious bored with that. I just like like world leaders and crazy and like violence. That's just me though. I don't know. It's not super violent, but from a world building perspective, I just read um, Dante, which is one of the <laughs> newer releases. If you haven't read that one, you should. I should. Is that like? Is that in like the? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The. Uh, the 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 horse heresy books because I read the I started reading no it's it's crazy. not it's actually a, like a more current thing so it happens after the shield of ball campaign which is pretty recent and it's when they're they're basically fighting the tyranids so that it doesn't consume their home planet oh yeah 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 they, I remember hearing about that I would like to read that it was awesome it's probably my absolute favorite Black Library book to date. Ah, so we're going to have to check that out. I like the Blood Angels. I think the first book I read about Space Marines was about the Blood Angels. That was my first test or taste of a Space Marine book. Um, who wrote it? Uh, I, I, it was the one where like that guy's like cousin grows wings, and they're like, oh, it's uh, it's it's Sanguinius is back. And, oh, no, it isn't. And then, oh, I can't remember the name of that one, but I know what you're talking about. It's like heavy, like it's written real heavy, and I was like, "Oh my god, these, these space marines don't uh, mess around." But uh, it was cool. I, I look back on that one fondly. I need to find that again. The uh, yeah, that that one was heavy. Sorry, I'm just trailing off. I'm terrible That's at okay. this uh, podcast <laughs> stuff. It's okay. We're not necessarily the best interviewers either. We're just nerds enjoying a game, so we we're, we're awkwardly geeking out with guests. Hey, it's it's cool. This is the first I've, I had a couple people approach me about doing a podcast, uh, and this is the first one. I, I kind of was like, you know, I this I need to talk to somebody. This sounds and it sounded super cool. So thanks for 
for having not, me. Not only did you get Thanks to talk to somebody, on. yeah, not only did you get to talk to somebody, but you found somebody in your own city. That's true. A fellow that Montrealer. Oh man, you think it's cool now? You're gonna regret this. Once so you'll you, once have to you're... come back and and report back on on how badly you beat JF. Yeah, oh, it's that's one thing that I should be clear. I am really bad at the game. So, is it is how much is skill and how much is luck? Like I don't actually know a lot about how the board game works. It's little column a little combi. I mean, obviously, you know, you roll dice, so there's an element of chance. Um, but if you make poor strategic decisions, you are going to have a harder time, even if you do roll very well. So basically, oh, okay. it's a game of odds, and you apply strategy to, uh, I have to say, tilt the odds into your favor. Okay. And yeah, you have to I, paint I, cool I, models along the way. There's a YouTube channel. Oh, don't forget about um, that. I was trying to watch games. Like I actually tried to watch people playing the game. Like, it was like recaps and stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God, slow down. I, I can't. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> this none of this makes sense. Looks cool. So Games Workshop actually has a Twitch stream all of their own where they stream games and they're very good about not doing it too quickly and you can actually get a good sense of what's going on in the game and the camera angles are really nice the production values are good. Oh cool. Um, no, I so, would super check so that you out. So you can you you should definitely check that out. Um and they post on their Facebook page you know, when they're going to do games. Because sometimes it'll be just Sigmar, sometimes it'll be 40K. Um, so you can check the schedules and, and see what's going to be up when. So did you say Sigmar? Yes, I did. What is that's, that? Okay. That's I, that's I, what Warhammer Fantasy evolved into. Okay, but it's not connected to 40K. No, it's a separate. So so 40K is the sci-fi version, and Age of Sigmar is the, like, fantasy version. That's the okay. That's the short, short version. See, I'm trying to think of all the other little questions that no one has been able to tell me, but that one was always very confusing. Is fantasy still going? Do people play that much? Oh, yeah. It's okay. going it's, better it's, it's than ever now. It's had a big resurgence, yeah. Oh. Actually, yeah. the current rules for 40K are very very much influenced by what they by the changes that they did to uh, fantasy to make it Age of Sigmar. Okay. Yeah, because Warhammer Fantasy was a very overwhelming game. You'd have to have... To get to you know a, a larger army, most people played about two thousand points for fantasy. You'd have to have a few hundred models, depending on what you played. But it was just a large infantry block based game, you know, like old like old historical games where there's just a big blocks of guys. So mm-hmm. they switched it up with Age of Sigmar, and it's a very um, much more smaller model count, looser, uh, no big block formations anymore. It's yeah, they switched their bases to round bases too, so now you don't have these. Square basers versus round basers jokes anymore because we're all round basers now. Oh. However, there is nothing in that I've ever seen that is more impressive than a huge game of Warhammer, with mm-hmm. just like you know hundreds upon th- hundreds of models on a board. Yeah, all Good ranked Lord, up. How long, would, how long do the turns take? In a game that size, could be a long time. Oh. Yeah, try getting YouTube and just looking for like Warhammer Fantasy Mega Battles because th- they look awesome. Yeah, I'm super going to have to check that out. That sounds crazy. All right. Well, uh, Rich, thanks a lot for joining us. We oh. definitely appreciate you coming on. Yeah, hey, thanks for having thanks for... me. I hope uh, I haven't embarrassed myself too much. No, 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 <laughs> no. We asked you to come on to geek out with us, and that's exactly what you did. So yeah. thank cool. you very much. And it's, awesome. it's, it's what we do with guests. <laughs> and guys, yeah. please head yeah, over to YouTube. Cool. 
Please head over Sorry? to YouTube. I, I was just going to say, guys out there listening, please head over to YouTube and check out Rich's Hell's Reach animations. They are awesome. And, I mean, who doesn't want to see if Space have... Marines floating, uh, Servo Skulls floating around and Dreadnought's whirring and Commissar Yarek getting his arm chopped off? And if, if you if you haven't seen it yet and you're thinking, oh, yeah, it's probably cute, like one guy doing this. No, you're you're you don't you'll understand. Be, you'll be shocked by how there is high production. Man band that's yeah. behind it's, it. Like when when Ashley told us, oh, I'm going to have the guy who did Hell's Reach uh, join us on the show. And oh, one uh, I, like my thought was one yeah. of the guy. And then I did a bit of research when, oh, no, this this is some it crazy hermit guy. doing this full time <laughs> yeah. because I, I I had trouble imagining how that gets done by just one person. It is amazing. That's a pretty good description. I am a crazy hermit most of the time. Oh well, a very busy one. And I wouldn't we make it. We appreciate you taking the time. Oh yeah, it was uh, no my pleasure. And we'll we'll put a link in the show notes for everybody so they can um, go straight to the first episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Shh, don't tell Games Workshop. Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm they, sure they, they don't know. I, I would be shocked <laughs> if they work blissfully unaware. Well, maybe, maybe they are, and you guys just blew you blew up my my set. Nah. Oh no! Oh. oh my god! I would oh. hate if that were the case. That would be awfully. awfully I would be so bad. angry. Oh. Eh, I flew too close to the sun. What can you do? <laughs> okay, awesome. guys. Great. Thanks a lot, Rich. Thanks for having me. It was tons of fun. Cheers, dude. Later. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhist Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhist Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhist Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies. <laughs>